Welcome to Guest Getter, the best place for restaurateurs to learn the art and science of getting more new guests, getting guests coming back more often, and getting guests spending more per visit so that you can be more profitable and do more of what you love. My name's Kyle Guilfoyle. Let's hit it. Today, we're lucky to be joined by Rajiv Nathan. Rajiv is the chief pitch artist of Startup Hype Man. He helps businesses of all kinds craft pitches and messages that win attention, investment, and customers from just a product to a brand that people love. We've all heard it before. You got to tell a better story. But what exactly does that mean? In this episode, Rajiv and I will be exploring tangible reasons why and ways in which you can tell a better story starting right now. Rajiv, how are you doing? I am doing a-okay. It's a new year and well, I guess that means I'm the same person that I was only several days older than the last year, but I guess that brings some revitalized energy. Awesome. When I say, when I say, what's your, what's the, what's the first goal that comes to mind for you in 2022? I'm curious. First goal you said? Yeah. Um, first goal for me, I put a theme on every year, um, as as opposed to like a resolution Mm -hmm. and I pick like a word or a phrase for the year. And so this year, my theme and my word is expansion. Nice. My, so I do the, I do the same thing. Uh, I I usually pick four though. Uh, so mine are vigor, exertion, speed, and focus. Nice. Why vigor? Vigor is closely related to exertion and speed. I can maybe wrap all those up into one, but it's because I will tell you that my default, my natural tendency is to be sort of sloth-like and slow. And so if I can embody this sense of urgency, of, of, of urgent vigor, I, I, I'm excited to see what the outcomes of that'll be if, you know, if I can grow that capacity to exert myself and have more vigor. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I like that a lot. That's a good, uh, that's a good word. Awesome. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. So, uh, Rajiv, I, I love to ask the question, how would you describe your particular area of expertise or your zone of genius? Ooh, very good question. Um, to me, it is all about storytelling and to know me is to know that above all else, the thing that I care most about and the thing that drives me in life is this deep-rooted fundamental belief that everyone deserves a voice. And I actually think the reason I was put on this earth was to help people find and express their voice. So that's kind of what it boils down to, right? The power of expression, if you will. Um, There's nothing that gets me going in a good way more than just seeing someone in their zone in like total expression mode. Like, like when I can see, when I see an artist at work, that, that drives me. When I see a musician, like a music artist, just in the middle of a great flow or rhythm, that drives me. And similarly, I think in the business world, everyone is trying to express themselves a certain way. And so that's what I feel like is my mission is to help create that expression in the world in these different capacities. And the vehicle or the chariot 
that I've chosen to ride to bring about this expression is storytelling in its different capacities. So everything that I do personally and professionally that I put my time and effort and attention towards is storytelling in the name of expression. That is beautiful, especially because I think that, or my hunch is that the way most folks try to, for those who even try to tell a story, is they look outside of themselves and they, you know, they, they try and look for, you know, indicators or ideas elsewhere instead of looking into their own experience, into their own, you know, sort of insight and, and expressing that. And so I, I, I think that most, most of humanity are, they're kind of walking around, not at all self-expressed. And so that you do that is awesome, I think. And so I'd love to follow that up with, what is one thing about storytelling that you wish you had learned years ago? Ooh. So I think one of the biggest lessons I learned a while back was that to tell a good story is to care about, to know, and to understand your audience. Mm -hmm. And if you make them your priority, that's the basis for a good story, as opposed to making yourself the priority. Amazing. And I'm curious if you have, like, so, so there's this idea, right? Like that every business, you know, it's predicated on the, on solving a problem for, you know, a specific person. Right. And, and let's, let's look at restaurants. Like a lot of this audience are, you know, restaurant owners or, you know, local business owners. And, you know, for, for restaurants, I think that the inclination is, well, we, we, we don't really solve a problem. We just, we just make like good food. We create a great experience, but I actually believe that if you dig under the surface, there is a problem that's being solved there for, you know, specific people. And so my question for you is, is how do you recommend a business owner of any kind dive into their audience in order to get to know them better and understand their problems and perhaps the problems that you solve for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think what you were saying before was on the right track in that, you know, the average restaurateur may say, well, I don't know, we just make good food. There's not really a problem that we're solving here. But if you peel back that onion a little bit, you'll probably find that that owner operator, whoever started the restaurant, whoever started the bar is like when, when they made that decision, they, most likely didn't just say, well, I just want to serve food to people, or I just want to serve drinks to people. Something in them was like, you know, what's missing from society, a restaurant like this or a bar like this. And so I think you got to, you got to go back to that place as kind of your starting point and then say, and why do, why would people care about that? Because the reality is you're right. And if you really do look at like the, the restaurant landscape, you will find a million websites of a, of a million different establishments and they'll all say something like, you know, great times with great people or, you know, premier modern American fair or 3000, you know, 300 HDTVs, 100 beers on tap, right? Whatever the kind of like their chosen niche is, they'll just like go in on that. But it sounds exactly like 
every other restaurant that does basically that exact same thing. Versus what if you were that one restaurant that decided to take a stance mm -hmm. and really tell people what you're all about in the context of what they might care about. So it's not that you sacrifice entirely the fact that you have 100 HD TVs and you've got 100 beers on tap, but you don't necessarily open with that. And instead you go back to what's the problem that this person might be facing relative to the other places they've been thinking about going to that night. So a great like a great framework to think about this through. So one of you know one of the things we do at Startup Hype Man is elevator pitches. And when I say elevator pitch, I mean like, you know, that 30 to 60 second introductory statement that tells you about the company. And the framework we use for that is called KPASA, which in Spanish, like KPASA, which stands for problem, approach, solution, action. So if you apply that framework to a restaurant, I mean, you, could, you can have the same type of impactful statement where instead of, and if this is were to be on a website, instead of the lead message on your website saying all these TVs, all these beers, what if instead the lead message on your website was, you know how when you're trying to find a place to watch the game, you're trying to decide between, am I going to have to get good food or am I going to have people in the way when I'm trying to watch the game? Am I going to have to crane my head and, and leave with neck pain? Or am I going to have to, um, am I going to have to, uh, will, will the sound even be on? You shouldn't have to make trade-offs just to watch the game. Yeah, you know, let's think of it. Let's think of a name here. Uh, you know, uh, um, like a like a, a sports bar. Let's let's, uh, let's take yours, right? Like so, like like Gilfoyle's Gilfoyle's Pub and <laughs> Pub and Grub. At Gilfoyle's Pub and Grub, you don't ever have to make a trade off. We've got the best food that you'll actually not only want to come to because there's a game, but even even want to eat when it's not game day. And we've got so many TVs, you can't possibly find a direction that your head can turn and you, can, and you can't see a TV because we know that game day is sacred and we want to make sure that every time it's game day for you, that it's game on for us. I love it. I mean, that's totally off the top of my head, but you can see how that's something that someone might, might read and be like, whoa, we got to check out this place. And... And it's, it, it, it hooks a spot on your brain, like, or in your brain, right? Like it, like it, it, it'll, you know, make itself at home there. Uh, when people think about where am I going to go watch any sporting event? Well, that message that you put in front of them is one that's actually going to stick because you started with the problem, you know, and maybe you didn't even, you weren't even aware of the problem, but you know, that message made you aware of it and it made it so that you know, you don't ever want to have to experience those problems. Therefore, you are obviously going to come to Guilfoyle's Grub Pub, whatever you called it. Pub, pub uh, and Grub, I think was the name. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're going to come to my place every single time. So I, I love that. And I love that that framework of what was it? Problem, approach, uh, solution. Action. 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 I love it. It reminds me of I heard, uh, this fellow, Donald Miller. He had one which was problem, solution, result.
Um, so I fairly, fairly similar. Um, that's, sure. that, that's awesome. And, and then, geez, I mean, while we're riffing on frameworks, it's also the, uh, similar to that copywriting formula PAS, which is problem agitation solution. Anyways, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I, uh, I digress. So, um, so let's see here. Um, that's, that's an awesome framework. One of the things that you, um, you have said, I've heard you say often is you don't have a product problem. You have a message problem. And could you, could, would you be able to share some, some other examples of, of, of how you see that, uh, how you see that in the marketplace? Well, I think overall, every problem imaginable can ultimately be boiled down to a communication problem. Mm-hmm. So just think about a typical restaurant, right? Their employee, you know, they, they, have a, they have a line cook who frequently shows up late. Mm-hmm. Now, if you really think about that, that's a communication issue. Either you're not communicating to them the value or the importance of showing up on time. And that's just like a surface level one. But even if you're doing that, are you able, are you communicating to them the value of their work and why it's meaningful to your overall business? And therefore why them showing up on time is, per, is, is, uh, is purposeful and valuable or conversely, are they able to on their own communicate internally with themselves about the value of putting in a good day's work and being a trustworthy employee who says that they're going to show up on time and actually shows up on time, right? So there's different angles you can look at this through this idea of everything boiling down to a communication problem. So, you know, a lot of the companies that we work with at Startup Hype Man, they are selling tech, tech products or physical mm-hmm. products. And it's never, if you really think about it, it's never really the fact that they are there's an issue with the product. I mean, as long as the product is like baseline serviceable, I mean, obviously everything's going to always have some bugs in it, right? Mm-hmm. But but the types of you know customers that we talk to will, you know, a lot of times their concern is, oh no, like the app isn't ready yet, and that's our big problem. And the reality is, just because the app's not ready yet, doesn't mean you can't talk about it. And especially in cases where they are fundraising and trying to get investor capital, it's, you know, it's rarely that the product itself doesn't make sense or that the product itself is deemed useless. It's that they weren't able to communicate. They weren't able to get the message across of the value of the product of the value of the business of the value of the value of the business model of the value of the the market and why it's an attractive market to be entering, right? So all of these things boil down to a messaging problem and not, you know, anything else. Totally. And so beyond, beyond the, the story of, let's say the business itself or its product or its brand, what are, what are like other applications of, of storytelling that, you know, maybe, maybe play into more like, day-to-day or, you know, whatever. Are there, are there some other applications that you, uh, that you can think of? I mean, just even think about wanting to pitch an idea to someone, mm-hmm. right? Like let's, let's say you have an idea for a themed night at the bar. It's one thing to just be like, Hey, I have this idea. Why don't we do it? 
but and, and assuming the person you're telling that to like you know isn't your best friend who just doesn't care anyways and is going to be like yeah sure sounds good try it out right like let's say you actually needed to pitch it to superiors or you had some like board members or something some, some investors or stakeholders who needed to give buy-in to this who needed to give their buy-in or have buy-in rather that's where being able to tell a story around your idea is so valuable, right? Everything that we're like, so, so many things I should say that we do on a day-to-day -day basis are different forms of storytelling or, or at least are the opportunity to tell a story. Love it. Are there, are there other, I don't want to, are there other, so you, you mentioned the uh, problem approach solution, um, I keep forgetting the action. last one. Action, action one. Are there other simple, simple frameworks or formulas that uh, that you know of that we could share with the audience so they could they have these these formulas to turn to again and again? Yeah. Well, another way to not another, but what really pairs well with the K-Pasa elevator pitch formula is, especially in helping set that up in the first place, is understanding your position relative to the market. Mm. And so we use this methodology we call uh, the superhero strategy or the superhero positioning strategy, I should say, which is all about just getting the ideas out of your head into an organized format so that you can create that K-Pasa pitch. And the idea behind the superhero positioning strategy is that you have to look at your business as a superhero because what do superheroes do? They help and they save people, right? Uh, and I, I like to use Batman as a good template for this, because if you look at Batman, he actually didn't have any like cosmic ability. He was just someone who took uh, access to capital and combined it with technology, access to technology to serve the public good, which is what a lot, I mean, that's what kind of what every business does, right? We're going to take some capital. We're going to combine it with whatever technology we're using, you know, and technology can mean one of a, a dozen different things. And ideally, we're going to use that to serve the public good. So, you know, if you think of your business like Batman, I think it's a good starting point. And the idea here, if you really think about when Batman comes in to save the day, it's not when it's a sunny day, people have their kids at the park, they're taking their dog for a walk, they don't have a care in the world. On a day like that, you don't see Batman swoop in and be like, whoa, let me serve you, right? Because <laughs> it would just be weird if he did that. Right. People would kind of think he's a creep, to be honest. Batman only comes in and saves the day when the day warrants saving, when there's people that are in trouble. Now, if you so if you think about along those lines, think of how many businesses try and save the day, quote unquote, when it doesn't need saving, meaning they don't frame it up properly. They just go right into we're a you know, we're a local neighborhood restaurant and bar serving the community for over 50 years. So in the superhero positioning strategy, if you're looking through the lens and looking at your business as a superhero, you gotta have three things in place first in order to exist. And that is a damsel or a dude in distress, a village on fire, a superpower that gets activated, and finally the superhero itself. And what that translates to is your damsel or your dude in distress is your target audience. The village on fire is the core problem they're experiencing. The superpower is your approach to that problem and the superhero is how you solve it. And you can start to even see how that starts to 
it's how that starts to feed directly into the K-PASA formula, which is problem, approach, solution, action. But just starting there, and again, you don't have to worry how it sounds. You just get the ideas out of your head to, to just tell yourself, this is what I represent to my market is a great starting point. Uh, it's super cool. And it's, um, yeah, really, I, this is the second time I'm bringing up Donald. Do you know Donald Miller of Building a Story Brand? I'm familiar with, with their work, yeah. Yeah, so he so his his approach is slightly like it's a it's kind of a riff on on yours which is um he, he actually says that when you um when you position your brand as the hero it actually creates a bit of a conflict of interest in the mind of the consumer because the consumer always thinks that they are the hero and so his whole thing is he advocates that um you should position your brand as the guide, like the Yoda to, to Luke Skywalker yeah. or whatever. And, um, and I'd be curious, is that like, does that make sense to you? Or like, what, what do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're kind of like signature line of story brand is like, make your customer the hero, not your yeah, brand. Yeah, that's right. And fundamentally this is getting across the same point, even though I'm saying make your brand the superhero. Mm -hmm. um, but but if you look at a superhero in the context of it only exists if there's a customer first who has a problem worth solving. Right. Um, I think where I don't gel with that, with the make your customer the hero, not your brand, is it just in knowing that it's still very tough to take that knowledge and apply it tactically. Because um, mm -hmm. just if you think from a founder, from a owner lens, it's like, well, you know yourself better than anything else. And the other aspect of it too is, and again, like really at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's very similar philosophy, just using a different like frame of reference on it. Um, cause again, cause in, in my, in, um, what I'm saying is a superhero can't possibly exist without the people that need saving first. <laughs> um, but I also just think it's, if, if you really look at like, I don't know, any, when Superman takes someone out of a burning building, the person doesn't say, Thank you, Superman, for helping me actualize my escape out of this building. <laughs> what they say is, thank you for saving me. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is just an, a, a more direct and easier way to really like make progress with it for your own business. Yeah, totally. Well, but, but, but again, the story brand method works. It's great. Um, this, is, this, is a, this is our spin. Totally, yeah. Well, this, uh, this has been awesome. I actually, I wasn't expecting it, but right at the beginning for me, uh, you, you really captured the reason why to, to tell a better story. I, I thought with the whole, you know, being uh, sort of self-expressed and, and finding your voice, uh, because when you can do that, you, you know, you're just going to resonate more powerfully, I, I believe. Are there any other uh, reasons why you, you'd like to just sort of, you know, drill drill into to folks that um that it that it is an important exercise to 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 do this just look at what's out there the things that we resonate with are different forms of stories right we watch yeah. tv shows for the story we watch movies for the story we read books for the story we follow sports teams for their story the cubs winning the world series in 2016 is infinitely less interesting if there wasn't a 108 year buildup behind that right it's just yep. not as big of it's just not as big of a plot or there's no plot right 
The Bulls winning their sixth, and I'm in Chicago, so I give the Chicago examples. The Bulls winning their sixth title in 1998, even though it was the sixth time they had done it, the, the overarching story was, can they do it one more time? And this overarching story, especially, I think this might be relevant because the last dance documentary on ESPN came out um, over the last year or the last couple of years rather, and people kind of got a window into what was really happening in Chicago in the nineties. Um, and, you know, there was that bigger story of the GM planning to blow up the team after the season, regardless of how well they perform. So it was like, is MJ still the greatest? Can they hang on? Can they do it one more time? And that's what made it so interesting, right? These are the things that we want to latch on to. These are the things that give meaning to what we're interested in and what we want to be part of. Amazing. And so I have a, I have a series of, of rapid fire questions. Are you, are you up for a little round of rapid fire cues? I'm terrible at rapid fire, but we can certainly try. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, so b- before we do that though, is there anything I should have asked you about, you know, about, about storytelling that I, that I didn't? I don't know necessarily what you should have asked me. Um, what I, one other point that I will add is it is one thing to be one of the options out there. And I'm speaking directly to a restaurant owner when I say this. You can either be one of the options out there or you can be the one option mm-hmm. out there. Or you can be one of the restaurants of choice or you can be the restaurant of choice. If you, and I encourage you to be bold and take a step forward and say, I don't care how everyone else is doing it. We're doing it this way. And we're going to start talking this way. We're going to start branding ourselves this way. And we are going to be so, we're going to be so meaningful to our customer base that they don't just come in here for the food. They don't just come in here for the ambiance. They come in here because they have a vision for themselves. And by coming in here, they feel like they're getting closer to that vision. Beautiful. That's, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I, I actually just finished a, an episode a, a little while ago where um, we, we talked a bit about, it reminds me like that's, that's brand, right? Like you don't, you don't want a brand that people c- kind of like, you know, you, you want a brand that, that people charge in, they'll charge into battle with you. Um, and, and as a result, you know, some people are going, going to despise you, but um, when you, when you take that stance, that's, you know, that's where you're, you know, you're really putting your neck out there. And that is where you are building a brand that can develop some, some powerful gravity. So I think that's amazing. Uh, okay, Rajiv, this has been amazing. Um, I'm going to kick off this rapid fire session. Let's see how it goes. What sure. is your, what is your favorite cocktail? Old fashioned. Okay. Um, follow up then what is your favorite whiskey to have in the old fashioned do you have a favorite brand of uh, bourbon or michter's oh no fancy man nice nice <laughs> and um what book or resource has had the biggest impact on you the book shoe dog by phil knight it's about mm-hmm. it's a memoir nike founder about his journey in building nike okay another follow-up top takeaway from that no matter what you're going through or how down you might feel on yourself and this progress or stage of your business, chances are you haven't had it worse 
than your top competitor trying to arm the U.S. government to conspire against your growth. (laughs) (laughs) Not just your growth, but conspire against your existence. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite online tool? Um, Just like generally or like for a specific purpose? Yeah, just like, yeah. Like what's what's Rajiv's favorite, like the first tool that comes to mind that helps your your productivity or helps you, you know, just enjoy your life more? Probably LinkedIn, as crazy as that sounds. It's my most active social network. Um, It's the one network I can go, one social network I can go to where at least 9.8 times out of 10, I don't get through it and feel worse about myself or have to deal with like crazy controversial, like, you know, hot button takes on things. It's just like, it's just always a productive education. Well, it's a distracting, but a productive educational experience for me every time and a great place where I can get out my voice and my thoughts. Awesome. Yeah. You, uh, I mean, you, you do a great job on LinkedIn and, uh, and anyone who, oh, well, I mean, you, you got to go check out Rajiv's, uh, your, your like freestyle rap video, right? You made a rap video. I've made several actually. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Is there, um, what's, what are you most excited about in 2022? I am very excited. As I mentioned, my word is expansion. So I'm very excited to see this expansion concept manifest itself uh, mm-hmm. into business growth. Um, I'm excited to see how it actually comes about. And I'm also excited to hopefully adopt a dog this year. Ooh. Uh- any, any particular kind or just, uh, just a dog? Well, I mean, I think my ideal dog would be a golden retriever, but A, they are not very adoptable. Uh, you know, we don't find many golden retrievers up for adoption, A, and B. Uh, practically, I prefer a dog that does not shed, which cuts out the golden retriever. <laughs> awesome. And um, where, where can people, where should we send people? Where can people go to learn more about you? How would you like them to connect with you and all that stuff? Like I mentioned, my most active network is LinkedIn. So please connect with me there. Um, Instagram is at Startup Hype Man. And um, probably the most helpful takeaway from this would be, you know, we talked about that K-PASA formula. If you go to startuphypeman.com and you enter your email at the top, we send you a video. It's like a four minute video that breaks down the K-PASA formula with an example. And I think it'll be super helpful, especially as you think about starting your own journey. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Rajiv. This has been super fun. Uh, we will, uh, we'll catch you. We'll catch you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Guest Getter. I'm your host, Kyle Guilfoyle. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. As always, you can head over to guestgetter.co to check out the resources in this episode's show notes and sign up for our weekly newsletter. That is it for today. We'll see you next time.